I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert and Julian McKenzie on a busy sports weekend. A tough weekend to cover the uh, last place Montreal Canadiens, but we'll get to that in a bit because, you know, we had Rafa Nadal winning the Aussie Open this morning. A shot Amazing. to that loser, Novak Djokovic. Uh, we got conference <laughs> championship games in the NFL. Do uh, it, dude. I, I see that you're an expert on point spreads now, by the way. I, so we got that. Pierre LeBron asked for point spreads. I he, went on a website, them, saw point spreads, and I got I gave him what he wanted. I don't know, man. I don't bet. Uh, we got Canada, the United States from Hamilton, World Cup qualifying. Of course, a bunch of hockey games. And we got the Olympics coming this week. We also have breaking news that Claude Julian's not going to be coaching the Olympic team anymore because of a fall. And now our Apparently. hopes and dreams rest on Jeremy Colleton here as Canadians, which doesn't make me all that... Uh, <laughs> confident but uh yeah it's a busy weekend so how how are you uh how are you portioning your time here i know you're covering the game last night were you one eye on the game one eye on what else is going on here in the sports world pretty much man uh also uh it's my sister's birthday it was her birthday on the saturday and very uh, busy just trying to you know just trying to help uh she's having like a few people she's trying to have a few people over our cousin came in from toronto and uh you know was doing some running up and down with that and uh, yeah, just a lot going on this weekend. But yeah, of course, I eye on the sports. I mean, Rafael Nadal, I watched uh, that this morning. Looking forward to watching some football later. Looking forward to also watching some other football later. And uh, I, I'll keep an eye out on the uh, the last place Canadians. And uh, well, Carey Price is also supposed to speak, I think, for the first time since he's exited the player assistance program. And yeah. uh, we all know how his rehab on his knee has essentially been restarted that's going to be more interesting than the game itself. And I know Brendan Gallagher and I think Paul Byron are supposed to be back as well, but the Carey Price, whatever he says later today, uh, that's going to be more interesting than anything else. I, I think it's just going to be like an injury report, just talking about what he's gone through over the last few months. But I would be very surprised if we got anything like damning or, or anything a glimpse into what he might want in the future, which I guess is, important to note and i'm sure people have questions about that but i think he might just keep it straight to just injury talk yeah i mean he could he could make everything else not to say that you know most people wouldn't care about the football games and team canada's world cup qualifying but in our world he could uh he could certainly take back a share of that attention with some big announcement uh if that's in fact uh what he is preparing it was also hockey day in canada this weekend and that's 
I wonder how you feel actually about Hockey Day in Canada. It used to be like appointment viewing for me. Most like one of the most important weekends. I love just plopping myself on the couch and watching all these different stories being told about hockey around Canada. Like it was very important for me for a very long time, but so was the World Juniors. And that sort of has faded a little bit for me just in terms of interest. And I think Hockey Day has as well. And again, there's a lot of restrictions on what they could do. I think they were supposed to be in Owen Sound, ended up in Scarborough because... I mean, that was what was accessible at this time. Uh, but where are you at on Hockey Day in Canada? Is it still a day that you look forward to? Or was it ever a day that you look forward to? I don't know if it was ever like like an appointment day. Like, man, today's Hockey Day in Canada. Like, I got to watch. Like, I, I don't know if I ever had that feeling. I, I heard it was in Scarborough. I I, I know Avery was, we were and I we were talking about it. He was saying how guys like Anson Carter and Anthony the Stewarts were, were involved and, and to kill Thomas as well. Like, that's cool. You know, they're, they're able to show that side, obviously, of the city. But like, I don't know, just like I, I've never I can't think of a time in my life where I was really like looking forward to Hockey Day in Canada. I mean, I imagine that for people who are into those particular communities, maybe it's a case by case thing. Like if you're into that community, like you especially want to like watch that. And maybe if you have a general interest in seeing what's going on in other random small communities across the across the nation, like, yeah, absolutely. You want to do that. Maybe I just have like too much going on for me to like really like focus in on something like i don't know what if like they came over to like where i'm at then maybe all of a sudden i'd be like oh okay i want to see how how they talk about that and talk about whatever nhlers have come from LaSalle, quebec i guess nick deloria i think is from LaSalle. i can't think of too many others but like yeah like it's i don't know i never had that like i've never had that like um how can I describe it? Like that's—it's not necessarily appointment. That connection. Me, to I'm just one person. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just one person. That doesn't mean that it sucks or anything. And that might be a part of the reason why I felt connected to it because I actually had an old coach. I didn't mean to talk about this when I brought it up, but I had an old coach who was featured on it, and that was like a huge thing for my team. Like it was unbelievable uh, and kind of surreal. And my captain was interviewed for it, and it was very cool. So I, I think cool. that's that's part of the reason why I've, I was connected to it. And obviously, it's it was a story worth telling. So. Um, that's, that's probably one of the reasons. Uh, and I, I guess they do a little bit of that with hometown hockey every week now, and maybe that's taken a little bit of steam because they tell these stories weekly now, uh, or they were at least before, uh, the pandemic sort of complicated matters, at least for that. But, you know, hockey day rolls on. And, uh, of course, Scarborough, a worthy hockey town or a worthy hockey area was featured yesterday with, uh, some cool stories as well. Uh, you were working on hockey day in Canada, a game featured on hockey day in Canada, the Oilers and Habs, and it was the debut of Evander Kane. Up close and personal for you, Julian McKenzie. You know, you got to watch Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, a lot of exciting players, but it was Evander Kane that was the most interesting aspect of that game. So, you know, do you have impressions? Uh, of course, he was a little bit rusty, at least it seemed. He said his legs felt like they were in cement. Um, but did you have any impressions from his performance, how the Oilers look with him? I know it's not necessarily a giant they beat in the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, how are you feeling after that one? I think watching Evander Kane, yeah, like it was his first game in a while. I think for anyone to expect that he was going to, you know, shoot the lights out of the Montreal Canadiens as bad as they were, as bad as they are, I should say, that might be wishful thinking. That being said, I, I was pretty confident he was, I was pretty confident he was at least going to score, and lo and behold, he scores the first goal of the game. 
I think like the first two goals the Oilers scored just came off deflections in front of the net. He put himself in the right position. I think deflected a shot that was coming from the point and it goes in. And at the very least, he, he was able to create offense that way and also just fight in corners and try to win possessions wherever he can. What was really interesting is the fact that he, he spent most of the night playing with Connor McDavid. And I thought, you know, for a game like this, you think, okay, Connor McDavid's going to get himself some points. He's going to get himself a goal or two. Held pointless. You know, and at the end, it was Leon Dreisaitl's line. And even Zach Hyman also as well, chipping in, get providing some scoring production. Uh, Ryan Eugene Hopkins, who I know has been out uh, for quite some time, got his fourth of the year, got an assist as well. What ended up kind of happening, uh, I guess, with the way the Canadians tried to game plan it and fail, obviously, losing 7-2, I think they focused a lot of attention on McDavid in that line. And as a result, like everyone else was just able to kind of feast and provide that offensive production. So even if Evander Kane was not able to, uh, you know, maybe score two, two goals, at least got his one, but at least maybe produce at the level he might like, uh, the Oilers at the very least might be able to look at this and think, you know what, this is a dynamic where we can at least put out some scoring lines and and provide that secondary or tertiary scoring whenever we need. If our primary scores aren't able to, to keep it up in this case, they got scoring from pretty much all three of those phases essentially. Uh, but yeah, I think the Oilers uh, as a whole, I mean, they beat up on the Canadians, so not much you could take from it, but Evander Kane yeah. as a whole just looked like someone who was trying to get his bearings under him. Well, I think I think the hope is for the Oilers is that he changes the equation, right? You you mentioned Ryan Nugent Hopkins and and uh, Zach Hyman on the third line with Zach Cassian, and there potentially being a mismatch there. Well, there should be. I mean, Ryan Nugent yeah. Hopkins is a former first overall pick and a very good player and a player that's disappointed, I think, a little bit this year, but still has that pedigree. Should be a guy who dominates third line minutes if that's a, of course what he's being saddled with. And of course, Zach Hyman was a massive free agent acquisition in terms of cost and I won't say interest, but he was one of the top free agents on the board and he went for a lot of money. And if he's playing on a third line with a former number one overall pick, they should be able to tilt the ice. And I think they did that against Montreal remains to be seen if they can do that other uh, against other teams, but that leaves Leon Dreisaitl in one other line and Connor McDavid driving another line. And they actually have some help between Kane and Pooley Arvey and, and a couple other forwards there. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is the, they, they wanted him for a reason because of this dynamic. It makes a two, uh, it turns a two line team, I think into a three line team here. And we'll see how that works against other, uh, units. They are on a little bit of a win streak. Uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, maybe that's not representative of exactly who they are, but I, I feel like the deep waters they were in, I guess a week, 10 days ago, that's probably not representative as well. I mean, do you, do you feel any different now about the Oilers, given how much we were hammering them in the last couple of weeks? I'm not sure if I feel different about the team, but I think with the run that they're on, I can definitely say they needed this. They needed these stretch of games going up against weaker teams. I think I'm trying to remember the exact list of teams that were in that uh, stretch of games because I figured they'd go on a winning streak with the Canadians. I think the Canucks were in there as well, the Senators. Like they have teams that were coming up over the last how many days where the Oilers should have been able to beat them and at least get back to their winning ways. And you're right. Like the, the first, the, that set of games where, you know, they weren't winning a lot. Dave Tippett was searching for his first win in quite some time. I don't know if that's fully representative of them, but at the same time, it didn't look good, but they needed to get out of that slide. And this particular stretch of games for them might just be what they really needed. Senators and Capitals next for the Oilers before returning home for a three game 
homestand. So we'll see if they can make ground. They got to make uh, they got to make up ground after falling behind in the race, partly due to the fact that they were idle for a long stretch. Um, but it looks like the Oilers are going to be able to get some practice time in, ramp up here slowly, and we'll see if they hit full stride with Evander Kane now officially uh, in the fold. More big news from this. I don't know what big news, but like a big event, it seemed, yeah. with all the celebrities involved, was Henrik Lundqvist getting his number 30 uh, raised to the rafters at Madison Square Garden. It's a pretty, pretty huge thing to get your number, your name raised permanently in the rafters of one of the most famous stadiums, arguably the most famous stadium in all of North America. So a, a, a quite a, quite a distinction and a worthy honor, surely um, for Henrik Lundqvist, despite him leaving a little bit in terms of like not winning that Stanley cup and not getting the success that we all thought he might be able to do or have with the New York Rangers, but still a franchise legend. I'm wondering what comes to your mind first when you think and reflect on Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, the fact that he doesn't have that cup is the very is the first thing I think of. And that's a goalie who I think of when he was in his era. I, I think there are a lot of people who would make the argument that he was the best of the last maybe 15, 16 years. Some people would obviously put him up against Carey Price for that honor. But this is a guy who's been good for quite some time. And at the very least, even if he doesn't have that Stanley Cup, he still has a gold medal. Could you imagine if he had gone through the career that he had and he didn't achieve any of that success internationally, it would be quite a shame. At the very least, and this would just be me, if I don't have a Stanley Cup, but I at least have a gold medal, and, and we all know it came in that 06 Olympics, that's a pretty good consolation prize. I don't know about you. I feel the Olympics, We, I think hockey players, I think especially those who have, you know, they, they come from Europe, I think they really value that international success and putting on for their country, whether it's a world championship or an Olympic gold medal. And at least for for Henrik Lundqvist, if he can't win that Stanley Cup, having that honor at least uh, will help with his legacy. But this is a guy who was just the backstop for the for the New York Rangers as long as he was. He really should have gotten that cup. It's a shame, but definitely one of the best, if not the best goalie of the era that we've seen over the last how many years. And it, 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 he absolutely deserves to have his number retired by the Rangers. Yeah, when I think about him, it's heart uh, it's heartbreak before. Greatness, honestly, that's what yeah. I think about first. Um, it's the loss to the Kings in the Stanley Cup final. I think that was 2015 uh, or 2014, I guess it was, because the Kings won. 2014, because the, they beat the Canadians to get to that final. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's losses in the conference final. Like, they were there year after year, and they just couldn't win. And I remember him just sprawled out on the ice. Like, that is my lasting memory of Henrik Lundqvist, is him sort of sprawled out while Alec Martinez was celebrating that I believe overtime goal it would have to be if there was that immediate Game five, heartbreak. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. You know, I, I heard immediately like um, easy Hall of Famer, and when I when I heard that, I was like, really easy? Like first ballot, no problem. Like I don't think of him as like Hashik or or all the legendary goalies that have got in at least recently. But you're right; it's the international resume. It's easy to forget because like he only has the one Vesna. He did not win the cup. He doesn't have a heart trophy like Carey Price has. But when you look back at what he's done and in, done internationally, that gold medal, I mean, that's worth the same as a Stanley Cup. Honestly, when we're talking about the Hockey Hall of Fame, also won a world championship like 10 years later. Remember William Nylander jumping into his arms? I think he got a silver medal at the Olympics, too. I think they lost in the final. Yeah, because Nick Backstrom with the cough yeah, medicine he or whatever play. in 2014. Yeah. So Henrik Lundqvist had... suspension. Has... Yeah, yeah definitely weird. Uh, he's had... Uh, 
unbelievable success on the international stage, unbelievable success as, you know, a regular season, even a playoff goaltender, just a very successful goaltender through and through. It just didn't get that Stanley Cup. And that's going to be the first thing that comes to mind for me. Uh, but, you know, I think everyone's first reaction is right. He deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That, and yeah, great. you could even say greatest goalie in Rangers history, too. I know he didn't win that cup, but uh, I would yeah, say so. Keep, well, then Richter, again, I guess if we're, Richter's if, yeah. numbers up there, there's one more, too. I forget way back when. Like, it's hard. John to Van Breesbrook. No, no, no. Like a uh, like a like a nineteen forties guy. Okay, yeah. That, oh God, I, I feel bad not being up on my nineteen forties. No, I mean I, I, it might not be nineteen forties. <laughs> it's just like Richter's the Richter's the closest comparable. Exactly, but uh, yeah, not to mention we. I'm surprised we did not mention this at all when it comes to Henrik Lundqvist. But in terms of the style game that he mm-hmm. brought to the league, he, I think he we. We have to give him his props when it comes to, to NHL players. I understand that a lot of them like to dress the same way, and it's not necessarily that imaginative. But at least he looked damn good doing it. Like I'll I'll give him that. He was he was very smooth. I will say, like one of his best or biggest accomplishments might be like reaching celebrity status without being like an outlandish, ridiculous figure. Like he never said anything or did anything, you know beyond what would be you know professional and yet he's in the circles of john McEnroe and eli manning and jimmy fallon like he is a legitimate new york celebrity and he got that through you know i think his like vibe and persona but i think he achieved that through just like being a cool person rather than being someone who's out there wild in and partying and saying crazy things and just being a part of that scene like he's in the club that you can't get into or you don't know about because it's only for cool dudes. And he looked good doing it too. I'm telling you, man, just the good looks. If he looked like some schlub, no way is he getting all those endorsement deals or getting the nice suits and all that. Like, who cares? Like, nah, dude, dude looks good. You got to look good to hang out with those celebrities in New York. And he was able to do that. There was like one time I went to Madison Square Garden for a Knicks game against the Mavericks. And he's like sitting on the floor and like, they put his face on the jumbotron and everyone obviously loses their minds because it's Henrik Lundqvist. Like he's that king. dude. He's the king. Also Justin Bieber was at that game and everybody booed him. It was insane. Oh. Uh, maybe we should take some cues from the king and, you know, we're both wearing t-shirts and hats and haven't shaved and groomed ourselves. Look at the success he's having. And well, we're doing okay. We're, doing okay. we're, doing our, okay, we're in our dude. basements and and rooms right now and it's you know i can get a not, suit if it's you not want. the same like i is nothing <laughs> i could just get a suit it's no big deal and like i haven't shaved my face in like a long i mean i've kind of trimmed okay. i've had a barber like trim my beard i guess but like i'm not i'm not getting rid of the facial hair i'm, I'm sorry mom my mom hates it but she i've uh yeah. i've gone through that with my family as well but uh they've now reached the <laughs> acceptance stage which is which is great Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, we've gotten to a little bit of a pattern of, you know, taking the headlines from our friends Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick and talking about them the next day. I think that's fine. I mean, my, our buddy Justin Bourne had a column called Thoughts on Thoughts a long time ago. And if that's not, you know, repurposing, reusing, building on on something, then I don't know what it is. So I think it's fine for Get us mad. to do that. So we'll continue to talk about, you know, the most intriguing nugget, I think, from Saturday headlines uh, every Sunday morning. And I think the biggest one for me was Connor Garland of the Vancouver Canucks potentially on the block. And I kind of wondered why. I mean, like this was one of the reasons why you were again, different regime. So it's a different way of thinking about things, but he was one of the reasons why you were willingly giving up with a first round pick and getting rid of all the, the stuff that you didn't want. Um, Louis Erickson, Roussel, et cetera. But Maybe he was cool. like, he was one of the intriguing return assets. He was one of the reasons why you were willing to do that because you were getting a player who was going to play in your system for the next four or five years. And he signed a new deal just under $5 million. It might be a bit rich, but he's a guy that's pretty productive and, and helps you, uh, you know, is usually on the right side of things and, and is a good player. Uh, and someone I think that will have a lot of interest around the league. I just, the $5 million is tough. I mean, I'm trying to think of where he could end up. Not many teams with like at the real high end, like the Floridas, the Carolinas, the Colorados, maybe Colorado with Nazem Kadri potentially leaving. They could figure that out somehow, but it's a big investment because this guy's going to earn almost $5 million for the next four years. So the only real teams that could come to my mind were like Nashville and Anaheim who have all this cap space and are competing and are going to be competing for the next four or five years. They hope as they build things up a little bit. So were you a little surprised first off? And, and do you have any inclination of where Connor Garland might end up? Yeah, I was a bit surprised too. I mean, I know they're, I know the Vancouver Canucks are a little bit in flux, but I was also under the impression that maybe with the 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 run that they were able to kind of build off of with having Bruce Boudreau in tow would at least have them at least thinking about potentially at least trying to make the playoffs and maybe keeping a guy like Connor Garland in the fold. I wonder for if any competing team would be interested in a guy like him if retention of salary is likely what's going to happen here. Um the only thing I could really think of with a guy like him at the salary that he's at a guy like Tyler Toffoli is not too far off in terms of salary that he's making a Jonathan Druin, I think is also uh, at that salary. And he's apparently been linked to a Western conference team. I, I don't know. I, I think like for, for markets, I, I feel like Connor Garland in a weird way could be like, what's the phrase I'm thinking of here? Maybe just somebody who, if he gets moved, then you could totally see a situation where other guys at that price tag might be moved as well. That that's the mm-hmm. first thing I was thinking. I was a bit surprised to hear that Connor Garland was was being shipped by the well, not sorry, not being shipped by the Canucks, but there was talk of of him possibly being of him garnering interest from other teams. I'm, I'm a bit surprised at that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's more emblematic of what the Vancouver Canucks are planning to do. I mean, I think they also mentioned that if it's not Pedersen and Hughes and maybe Horvat, maybe Besser, like everybody could be on the table for Vancouver. So I think we know that the direction that they're going to go in here 
under Patrick Alvin and that new management team uh, that we're, we're seeing put together, you know, as we speak. Um, so I guess they're looking to take a step back here. I wonder what that means for Boudreaux. I wonder what that means for, you know, the Oliver Ekman Larson's, the Tyler Myers of the world. Like, I mean, we could be looking at a complete blow up, but it's going to be hard to do because there's so many contracts that they just recently invested as they tried to like bring the best out of the Jim Benning era right at the end here where they kind of went all in. It's hard to, it's hard to take it apart after you put it together so quickly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but again, it's a nice thing about just getting a job and like the pressure not to win immediately. Patrick Alvin come in, take his time, unpiece things, put it back together. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to have the patience or the time and the, and, uh, the allowance to do that. So, uh, it's a good position to be in when you get your first GM job and you can sort of take it slow. Uh, Jeff Gordon, obviously not in his first, but he's going to have that opportunity. It seems to sort of, uh, well, Ken Hughes isn't his first GM job. I'm sorry, Ken Hughes, but I think of Jeff Gordon first. Um, he's going to have that, uh, <laughs> that ability to be patient as well. And that's a luxury in the NHL because usually it's, you come in, you got to fix things right away or the clock already starts on you. Yeah. And I'm, again, with the way the Canucks are, they still have, I still think that the core players with, with Pedersen and Hughes and Besser and also talk of JT Miller, possibly exiting that core. That's too, another one. Still, yeah. They still have pieces worth building around Thatcher Demko, they're they're not all lost it could just be a reshuffling of the deck with the cards and all that like they're not all lost this is not a complete tear down i don't think the canucks need to do that necessarily they have some pieces worth building around at least they could be a worse spot for guys like patrick alvin to be in well jt miller is the big name right i mean we've we've heard him connected to uh the minnesota wild we'll see they've got that cap space that they opened up and only temporarily because they have such huge cap recapture penalties with Parise and Suter coming up next year. We'll see if they make that move to try and take advantage of the window they've, they've created, but JT Miller just makes a couple hundred thousand dollars more than Connor Garland and has three fewer years on his deal. JT Miller's only got one more year after this season at $5.25 million. And he could be a huge uh, potential deadline acquisition like a, a top line guy I think Connor Garland could be in that like Barclay Goodrow Blake Coleman sort of thing or, or range where he's coming into a third line and he can sort of reimagine what they have with just a little bit more energy and spunk out of that role just like elevating sort of a depth unit JT Miller could elevate a first line so those are the two names to watch I guess from Vancouver and maybe the entire uh trade deadline you know it's been kind of quiet as we as we approach it here slowly um but vancouver's got two pieces albeit pretty expensive ones that uh could shape the way we uh we view the deadline here absolutely miller's not only a guy who can help a top line he's a guy who's shown he can play at the wing and at center as well if need be like he could be a really interesting asset for a contending team if if they need to plug in a player like jt miller into their lineup a guy like Connor garland i, I know he's got the ability to score too uh, but if you're looking at him as, as a barkley goodrow type i wonder if there are cheaper options i know i keep going with the canadians theme here that's a team that is likely going to be selling a lot of pieces at the deadline but a guy like our terry is a guy 
guy who could easily be that role of could easily play that role of a Barkley Goodrow over Blake Coleman at a much cheaper rate as well. And I believe he might, I might have that wrong, but he, I think he's supposed to be an RFA at the end of the year. Like this is a guy who uh, I think could be had at a much cheaper rate. Like I, I think with the deal that Connor Garland is at, like it's intriguing that he's getting the interest from other teams, but there may even be cheaper options uh, out there as opposed to getting a guy like Connor Garland, unless people are looking at him as this top piece and maybe other guys are consolation prizes, but considering how teams are strapped for cash and certain, and certain, well, not strapped for cash, but just kind of up at the, uh, the salary cap limit. I don't know if people are going to, I think when it gets closer to the deadline, if he's still available, I'd be very curious to see how teams leap for a guy like Connor Garland. Yeah. That's why I come back to Anaheim and Nashville because it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like a guy that, can fit into a team that's already pretty much pieced together just because of how expensive he is and how much of a, a term he still has on his deal. So if you're Anaheim or Nashville, you have that cap space, you're still building. He could be another piece to that build. Uh, I certainly think he would fit well in Nashville. That is an annoying yeah. team. Uh, they, are, they, they are one of the few teams left in the NHL that just like purposely finish every check. Like when it's not necessary, they are throwing their body around like every time they have a chance to hit someone, they do it. And that's probably part of the success of the team is that they're just really annoying and Connor Garland can be ultra annoying. So we'll see if that's potentially a good fit. Although I don't think David Poyle, despite being, you know, at the end of his line a little bit, or at least close to, will be trying to rush into contendership uh, given that they're just kind of exceeding expectation right now. But we shall see what happens with Garland. We shall see what happens with JT Miller. We'll also see... If the Coyotes go to university for the next four years, uh, something that most 18, 19 year olds doing do. And now it's possible that the uh, NHL's worst franchise does that for a lack of a better term. Um, so they're without an arena. Glendale kicked them out or is kicking them out. The lease is over. They have squabbled over money for the better part of Alex Morello's ownership here. Um, and they've been looking for a solution as they try to get clearance to start building their own arena in Tempe. They haven't even got clearance on that, but uh, in order to get to that point, they need to play somewhere, and their proposed plan is to rent out space at ASU's new multi-purpose facility, uh, I believe on their campus or at least close to. Sounds okay, okay? Playing a decent-ranked Division One program, like it can't be too bad, but the problem is it seats a maximum 5,000 and maybe, well, it's not even finished product yet, but uh, maybe with the changes that an NHL arena would need to put into the facility, it might only be 3,200 that could sit in an NHL rink, which is what? pretty wild. Pretty wild wait, in an NHL wait, team. Wait, 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 wait. Timeout, 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 timeout. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie here. That That's like, this is one of those stories where, I kind of saw the headline and kind of just made my judgment off that. You mean to tell me that not only is the rink 5,000 at capacity, if they make changes to make it more suited to an NHL arena, it might only be able to house 3,200 people. Do I have that correct? Um, that's what I believe. I, like I read about it and I, I did more than just look at the headline, but that's what someone uh, speculated over that they would have to, reduce it even further because the NHL requires some sort of standard, apparently not with capacity though. What are we doing? What it's like, wild. it's it. 
okay, I, I hate to bring Quebec City in this. And I understand that in the interest of dollars and cents, and I think you could even add the way COVID restrictions are too, depending on how that goes for the next little while. I understand why a Quebec City, in terms of having an NHL team, might not be the best situation right now. I could totally understand why a city like Houston, with all the population that they have, uh, would be a much more ideal place for an NHL team to be in right now. It does not make sense to me why the NHL would want this situation where an NHL team might have to play in an arena that could seat maybe up to 5,000 people. Like, you're, I mean, you're losing revenue. Uh, you're you're going to have all these changes to this arena that's also going to have good results in some money being bled. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand this situation. I don't understand this infatuation with keeping this team uh, in, in, in Arizona like this. I'm not advocating for the move. I just think it, it just doesn't make sense with the plans and parameters that are being laid out right now. It doesn't make sense. And you have to feel for those fans in other cities who have been begging for NHL teams or relocation or expansion teams. And the NHL doesn't want any of that, but they'd much rather, I mean, it looks as if a, a team could be playing in a venue that could house up to 5,000 people or less, depending on what happens. And the NHL might rather have that than put a team in Quebec city. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it's unfair to say the NHL wants that, but it, it just optics, optically speaking, it just looks weird. The coyotes have some real parasite qualities about them. Like they're just living off the land. They're living off yeah. the land. The NHL is enabling this behavior because they have revenue sharing. So a team like Arizona that doesn't have a plan, hasn't set themselves up for sustained success, can just put out their hands, outstretch their hands, and take money from markets like Montreal and Toronto and Chicago and Vancouver and Seattle and Vegas, teams that are having success because of their 100-year history and teams that are having success because they just did it right right off the bat. Um, it's not really fair. It's not fair to those teams and it's not going to be fair to the players who have to go there. And another reason why it's, you know, it's the NHL enabling it is the salary cap. I mean, there are going to be some situations where some players have no choice but to go there. We like they are still fielding or icing a team because there's only so much money to go around. So the Arizona Coyotes are taking advantage of all these loopholes created by what is a socialist shared society here that the NHL has. And they're going to be bringing in no gate revenue for four years mm -hmm. while they try to build another arena. Not that they were bringing in much anyway, but they are not sustaining themselves. They are living off the land. This team is a parasite, man. This, this is like the team, man, I hate to make this comparison, but that kid who got, got home from college is, is taking his time, finding a job and living off his parents' allowance at the That's age it. of 27 years old. That's literally what it is. That's literally That's what it. it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least for everyone else, for a lot of people who are living with their parents right now, they're trying to make ends meet. For people who are trying to work out of the situation, I'm not trying to make light of that. But for the dude, remember that dude in, like, Syracuse who, like, went to court uh, because his parents tried to have him evicted and he, like, literally tried to fight that off? He, yeah. The Arizona Coyotes seem like that dude. That's like, the embodiment. That's what it is. <laughs> the it's literally what it is. It's ridiculous.
It's crazy. It's so minor league, man. It is so minor league. And I, I, it's more stubbornness, I think, than anything. Like if, if they knew all these hurdles were going to be ahead of them, if they thought, okay, there's only a couple hurdles we got to clear and we can make this work. We can, we can build talent like Austin Matthews and reach a Mexican market and, and all this great stuff. But if they knew there were going to be 30, 40, 50 other hurdles after the first two that they decided to clear, I wonder if the NHL would have went forward with this because this is just a problem that won't go away. And now it's up to the Toronto's, the Montreal's, the Boston's, all the other teams to just allow or to just, you know, make up for it. And Gary Bettman gets all this credit from the owners. And I guess it's because their pockets are still full. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they ever like put their foot in the ground and say, this enough is enough with this team. Like we are just, it's costing us money. And again, not poor ownership. I'm not saying that at all, but it is costing the, 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 the people who write the paycheck for Gary Bettman are the ones that are writing the paycheck for Arizona. And Gary Bettman's the one that wants it to, to, to survive because he's the one that brought them there. It's, know, uh, it's crazy. 32,000, 3,200 fans for almost, for maybe four years maximum. It's a joke. Imagine a pitching joke. to Austin Matthews. They, they wanted to pitch Austin Matthews deal comes up within this four years. And they He's had these grand plans. We're going to bring this guy home. I think Austin, Austin Matthews deserves to play in front of 50,000, let alone 5,000. He's not going to play in a 3,200 seat arena. There's no Even chance. if it is him going home, there's no freaking way. That's a guarantee. People in Toronto who are worried about that, you're out of your mind. You have bigger things to worry about than Austin Matthews leaving to join the Arizona Coyotes to play in uh, ASU's are- college arena which may or may not be modificated for NHL standards. You got to be kidding me. You know, Arizona Coyotes fans, you deserve better than this. However many you are uh, in the NHL world, you deserve better than what's going on with your team and the way that uh, the arena situation is being handled. You deserve better than this for the fans that really want this team. But this is absolutely ridiculous that they would be able to – this is even being proposed. Like, this is just ridiculous. You know what the solution should be? The NHL should what? be dealing with Glendale. I know that like it seems broken, irreparably broken between the Coyotes and the city of Glendale, but like, how about you just come between your t- with your tail between your legs and like beg to get back into that arena so you can actually be uh, a respectable franchise with a respectable arena? Like, wouldn't that yeah. be more palatable than what they're trying to go after right now, which is to basically make no money to be a parasite? live off the land and to be basically baggage for the rest of the league. Like it's brutal. It's brutal. It's minor league, man. I, I, two things. One, I'm totally with you Two, I can't tell if you're using parasite in the literal sense where uh, you're sucking something dry, or if you're constantly making reference to the movie. Well, uh, I think the movie was reference to that so living like it was the right. I just the movie know. was like the rich living off the rich sucking the life from the the poor and the poor sucking the life. It was that was the yeah. kind of messaging. Here's the thing: I'm not sure how. Here's the thing: because we already had the the issue with me referencing SpongeBob, and you didn't know about that. I didn't watch Parasite, so I was like, okay, are you mentioning the movie or are you mentioning something else? <laughs> I just want to know where you are on the let, pop culture pop let, culture scale. I'm there. I've seen that movie. It's one of the rare movies I have seen. But the definition of a parasite, and this works perfectly for the coyotes, so I'm going to tap myself on the back. An organism that lives in or on another organism 
of the species and benefits by deriving nutrients at the other's expense. Nutrients in this case is money and it comes at everybody else's expense. The other 31 does because Arizona cannot figure their shit out. (laughs) The pride of uh, Western university, everyone, Justin Cuthbert. There you go. Amazing. That that's that college level education. How do well you know sir. I went to Western? How was that? You, we you were that. a Western. You were a Western sweater during an episode once. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I keep did. I keep tabs on. I mean, not keep tabs, but like I, I I remember a few things. My mind is uh, I forget what I can forget what I eat for breakfast on a given day, but other details like that, I just they just find a way to stick in this big brain of mine. Western Basics. baby, uh, yeah. nothing better. Um, uh, sure. Not, well, <laughs> Syracuse might be better. Uh, let's get to the tire pumps uh, where we bestow praise on people in the NHL and adjacent to the NHL. I'm going to start. It was hockey day in Canada. Scarborough was in the limelight and a Scarborough native, Michael Bunting, who is playing on one of the best value contracts in the league. Not quite Jason Spezza, but still one of the best value contracts in the league. He scored a hat trick uh, with his hometown spotlighted on uh, Sportsnet all day. So, you know, that's one of those things that's like, it's a cool story, but it's also like, I feel like it would be like a little galvanizing thing. Like they could make fun of the Scarborough kid for scoring a hat trick on, on, uh, on the day that his hometown was spotlighted. So I feel like the Leafs will have fun with that one. I'm sure they already have. Uh, but he initiated a comeback over the Detroit Red Wings with that hat trick, an important victory with uh, the Maple Leafs starting to fall behind a little bit in the Atlantic division because the other three teams, they do not lose. So my, Tire pump goes to Michael Bunting uh, for his hat trick performance. I can't wait for the next episode of In the Mentions with uh, Tic Tac Tomar because that man, uh, as if you oh, don't yeah. know, a very big Michael Bunting super he, fan. And he, he needs to put like a camera in his, like he just needs to start live streaming him watching games on Twitch or something. Like I, I know that's Dangle's market. It. I know that, but like he could split it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, good. I, at least yeah. you can you can gif yourself after going crazy with Michael Bunting. Like that's viral moments. We need that. I don't think uh, we need to worry about the market for watching Toronto Maple Leafs fans go through all the possible emotions. Should be exclusive to one person. I think we should be there uh, to have you know multiple fans as many Spoken. as you can, as entertaining as they are. Uh, be able to show their emotions and feelings when it comes time for the good times and then the inevitable crash, if it happens, I guess, uh, when they're able to do that. I, I, I think a lot of people would enjoy that. I agree, but spoken maybe not quite like a SDPN employee over there. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, there it is. I, I mean, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, did... I, I don't I don't think we have to worry about uh, Dangle's viewership. I think... Uh... I, I think, think so. I think he'll be doing quite fine. I think he'll be fine. Um, my stick tap is going to go to Trevor. St- it's not a stick tap. Oh, to, it's God damn pump. it. It's tire pump. The tire oh. pump, Julian. Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> God, I keep doing it. Reference uh, stick taps is something that we do on the Chris Johnston show, which I host with Chris Johnston. Uh, tire pumps is something that Justin took a long time to think about and prepare for this show that we've been doing for my more baby. than a year together. It's your it's baby. baby. And I deserve to give it the proper respect that it that it deserves. Uh, in fact, uh, please take this as an apology for people watching. I'm going to pull out the uh, the tire pump I brought out mm-hmm. the first time uh, we did this segment. Uh, please, Justin, 
sincerely accept my most humble apology for ever referring to this segment as stick taps when it is rightfully tire pumps. I, I accept your apology. I really appreciate that, brother. Um, my uh, tire pump goes to Trevor Zegras, who I think scored uh, one of the best goals we've seen all year this week. And I happen to be in the building for that, too. Uh, it's you. funny. Because, yeah, it's funny because uh, I think Jake Evans had scored himself a nice goal and everyone kind of like looked down at their laptops and their phones are thinking, all right, cool. Like we got we to tweet about that nice goal that he scored a little give and go with Rem Pitlick. And then Trevor's just just casually took the puck and did the Michigan in stride. Trevor Zegers has found himself in a position where he may have the two best can- two of the best candidates for goal of the year. Of course, Connor McDavid has done some pretty nice things himself. In fact, he also scored a nice goal the same night uh, Trevor Zegers did the Michigan. It's going to be very interesting to determine who will have the goal of the year. It may very well still be uh, Connor McDavid scoring that goal against the Rangers, but Trevor Zegers may still end up on the podium twice with the Michigan and the Michigan. It's 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 just great to see the creativity. It's great to see him having fun out there. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks have continued to be arguably the biggest surprise of the NHL season, and Trevor Zegers is a huge reason why. And Trevor Zegers is my uh, person to give a tire pump to. Mm. A tire pump. Tire pump. I'm going to emphasize that. Tire pump, not stick taps. Stick, ta- stick taps are for uh, Thursdays. Uh, on the Chris Johnston show, which uh, well, there's me being an SDPN employee again. You could you can watch that, but of course, okay, a tire okay, pumps. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, perfect execution on the tire pump. Um, I don't know if like it comes down to preference. I don't know if Trevor Zegers is going to have the best portfolio, or Connor McDavid has the best portfolio at the end of the year when talking about highlight packs or what have you. But I do know that Trevor Zegers is. Uh, montage when he's nominated for the Calder, maybe wins the Calder, will look the most impressive because he's going to have multiple highlight reel, best of the year type goals. Uh, So that'll be a pretty easy one to put together for those at the NHL who are in charge of that sort of thing. Uh, Let's leave it there. It was another edition of the Sun, or it was another Sunday edition, the Sports Hockey Podcast. We got a lot to watch today. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm going to give, not that I should be giving you a free pass, but like, if you don't want to watch the Habs today, you know, we got Canada, <laughs> USA, two conference games and the two conference championships in the NFL, lots of stuff going on. So it's going to be another couch day for me. And uh, I might just sink deep into it than I've ever sunk before. Uh, so I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, Julian, you enjoy those games as well. Do we have a, do we have a USA Canada prediction here for out of you? Or are you just going to let sleeping dogs lie? Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give all the predictions I can give for the rest of the sports going on today and uh, feel free to listen and point out how much of an idiot I am if I'm wrong, but you better give me that respect if I'm right. Canada okay. and USA will battle to a 1-1 draw at the donut box today. Uh, really good performance on their part against Honduras. No, they're still missing Fonzie, uh, but they, I think they still have a good enough team to at least get a result against the United States. In the conference championship games, the Rams will win and Kansas city will win as well. We are getting a rematch of that amazing regular season game between those two franchises Mm -hmm. that produced one of the most high scoring, if not the highest scoring NFL regular season game we have ever seen. It's going to be in the super bowl. And I guess the Canadians will probably lose like four, nothing against the Columbus blue jackets. Let's let's throw in that extra prediction in there. 
I won't touch that one. But uh, I, I feel like it would be greedy to expect the Canadians to get anything more than a drive. You know, it's at home. You're supposed to win your games at home. But staying top of the table after today uh, with a draw would be a good thing. And doing it without Alfonso Davies, of course, is important as well. So I'll, I'll go with you there. I think 1-1. I think that makes sense. I'm also on the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm on the San Francisco 49ers at least to cover. Woo! We might we might get we might get your rematch just without Jared Goff, so it'll be even that more that much more explosive. Um, but I think the 49ers are going to make this a game. So uh, high drama at the end of the day with the Rams and the 49ers. I expect, and we'll just leave my prediction at that. And then we got the Super Bowl in two weeks, but next week, no distractions for us. Just hockey. Nope. Just just hockey. hockey. Just, just hockey. Talk. Actually, the Canadians have a. Well, we'll have the Olympics, starting. actually. So. Oh, yeah, actually. So you got to take advantage of Is that. Is the Canadians Leafs next weekend? Do you say that? No, the Canadians have a uh, bye week starting this week. Well, after tonight against uh, the, uh, the Jackets, they're off. So I definitely won't have any distractions this week. Okay, or actually, I, I have the, all the time for distractions. I think the Leafs have something similar. It's actually the NHL All Star game next week. So I guess we'll have, uh, we'll have that to worry about. <laughs> it's all we're coming just, fast and furious here. But we're uh, on top of everything, Mr. Cuthbert. We're on top of everything. Yeah. You can dole out some stick taps on Thursday when the Olympics start. Maybe there'll be something to. That's a good point, but also I'll make sure to have a tire pump the next I'm time okay. we do this show. I'm okay with the marriage between stick taps and, and tire pumps. Um, Appreciate that. Okay, we're rambling on too much. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks again for joining me, and thanks again for listening to the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.